welcome back to our Clearly Aligned podcast. I'm Kelly Tyrrell, um, the Education Executive at Clearly Aligned and Lead Digital Treatment Planner. And I'm here with founder, uh, Dr. Stephen Schelk. After a little bit of a break, we took a bit of a break from our listeners. Uh, <laughs> life got busy for us. How are you doing, Stephen? I'm doing really well. How are you, Kelly? Good, good, good. I can't believe it's almost August already. Where did June and July go? <laughs> oh, I know. Time just flies. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. And a happy early birthday. Thank you. This yeah, that's coming up just in a few days. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, we're talking about mixed dentition, right? Yeah. We're excited. Uh, mixed dentition is amazing. Um, we love it. We love to start early and get in there and set up the parking lot for success. Um, so, and is this a great um, topic um, to kind of speak on because we're going to be hosting, it, I think it's our first live mixed dentition event in Toronto in November, which, yeah. So we'll give you some details about that at the end. Well, let um, me just tell but, right now, cause then we'll forget, oh, I'm perfect. sure. Um, yeah. yeah. For those who are listening, if you like this content and you want more in depth, the um, course is going to be a three day course in November, which is November 3rd through 5th. And that is happening in Toronto at the Westin by the airport so yeah. yeah come check it out because you'll hear from us throughout this uh this podcast but just how much we love treating mixed dentition and in my opinion how general dentists are so well suited to treat mixed mm -hmm. dentition cases so you'll be you'll be hearing all the reasons why this makes sense to do amazing so let's start off with the basics of um what do we really mean by mixed dentition like what ages are we talking about or there's maybe some separate little groups that we're talking about here yeah i, I guess multiple groups i would i guess break it down into like the really really early um which we won't kind of focus on that one quite as much because it's not my area of expertise and specialty but you could kind of say maybe like pre six years old yeah then to me kind of the mixed dentition that we're really looking at is kind of that six through call it like 11 range. Mm -hmm. And then you've got kind of your late mixed dentition and that might be like your 11, 12, like as they're losing their last few baby teeth to me, they don't really fall in the category of mixed dentition because they're now very, very close to be being kind of that teen treatment case yeah. or growing treatment case. Whereas the mixed dentition patients that are for me, the ones that we're going to be talking about more are kind of that, like, six through 11-ish. Yeah, getting in there in the growth, not being afraid to kind of start um, for, for various reasons. But yeah, th those kids who just have like a couple retained, well, not really retained, but primary yeah. molars that are hanging on. Hanging by and, a thread. You know, yeah, like there's so many people and even orthodontists, because obviously I've worked with mostly orthodontists and like we're holding off like not the majority, I would say, but a lot, a lot of orthos are still holding off, like for those last few teeth to fall out. Maybe it makes it a little more efficient, you know, cause you're not, you know, in that holding pattern. Um, but we're not in that boat. <laughs> we're like, get, get in there and shake it up. Yeah, get going. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so, and I agree with you. Like, I think, um, uh, general dentists are an amazing position to uh, because they're already seeing these uh, patients and their parents um, on an ongoing basis for their recalls, for their cleaning, for their restorative to start screening them and evaluating them for their ortho needs or projected ortho needs and avoiding some big ortho needs in the future. So um, if you don't already have a program in place, like really starting to screen at age six or seven, which is what orthodontists do, we advise you to 
send them to us by age six or seven. So if you're not sending to us, make sure you're taking a really good look with your ortho goggles um, around that age. Yeah. And like you said, it's actually so easy because on the ortho side, and I kind of fall in the category of I'm kind of like a hybrid. I'm in both worlds. As a general dentist who just does orthodontics, like I know how the general practice runs through and through. I know how the ortho world works. And I kind of know where there's advantageous aspects to being a general dentist. And this is one of them where you're checking for their yearly recall anyways. So you don't necessarily need a full set of records to have an idea of when that time is going to be where you need to jump in. And it's mostly to me just making sure to take more pans that if you're taking those pans at the regular hygiene recall appointments, then you can evaluate to see if a tooth is getting blocked out or if there's trauma on the teeth from how they're, they're hitting aggressively and grinding their teeth. Because really to me, there's three things that you're looking to accomplish with mixed dentition treatment. Um, And they all make a lot of sense, right? Why would you jump in early? Well, number one to me is blocked out teeth. If something's going to get impacted or there's going to be problems with that, well, then you want to get in there and you want to create, like you said, um, the parking spots for the adult teeth. So creating eruption pathways by moving the primary teeth in the right spot, number one. Number two, you want to make sure that you're removing teeth from trauma. So if there's a kid with a super deep bite, and they're smashing their lower incisors or something like that, well, then you want to go ahead and you want to correct that deep bite. Or if they've got a giant overjet, you know they're at risk then of sports trauma or life trauma when their teeth are sticking out of their their mouth and enter the room before they do. Exactly. And then so those those situations where we want to make sure that if they have deep bites, we're correcting them, big overjets, um, the habits, things like that, we're correcting them. And then number three for me is the transverse. So essentially the expansion aspect of things, expanding early and retraining their tongue to swallow properly by having a proper arch form on the top to help to develop the nasal structure and to ensure that, um, they're, they're not constricted on their maxillary arch. Those are kind of like my main three things that I'm looking at in the hygiene visit. And so those are all things that I think you can evaluate without needing to even bring them in specifically for ortho records every year. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. I'm just looking at some of mine. I think um, the other one, and I mean, my own son fell into this category. I think he only had two permanent teeth when I brought him to the orthodontist because I'm a crazy mother, um, which is actually <laughs> proactive. Uh, two, mother. Proactive. Yeah, proactive. Um, anterior crossbites. I mean, in ortho, oh, yeah. uh, anterior crossbites, that's our like, you know, and it's just they, sometimes they only have their upper two centrals and a couple lower uh, centrals or laterals popping in. And you can just, well, it, it, I guess that average parent may not be aware that that's not normal. I don't know. Um, but you know, hopefully our hygienists and our doctors, as we're doing recalls, um, we notice that, and that's just such an easy fix. It's an in and out. And while you're oh, in yeah. there doing that again, take your pan or assess for, you know, parking spots that you can create to prevent more problems. Um, yeah, these blocked out canines, it's like every fifth child or teenager has a blocked out canine and it takes us a long time. It's totally possible. We can do everything with aligners, um, but it's so much easier if you just had the parking spot and let it grow <laughs> totally. in and part way. So yeah. let's try to make our lives easier, not, not just like today, but yeah, not two dragging, years from now. Not dragging that tooth in with surgery is so much nicer for everyone involved. And you feel exactly. great about it when you intercept and you catch that before it happens. 
Um, and, and good point. I, I should have clarified on that. Taking the teeth out of trauma, I talked about deep bite and anterior overjet um, being so significant, but the other two areas would be posterior and anterior crossbites making sure yeah. that any teeth that are biting in crossbite, that's traumatic occlusion. And those cases we want to address as well. So yeah. spot on. And, and they have such like soft, spongy bone oh, and it's just so amazing. And anyways, well, I'm sure we'll get into like, kind of <laughs> yeah. like, you know, what, what, what are these kids like to treat, but I'm um, back to like, you know, um, who are, who are we choosing? There's also um, another group people with crazy parents like me. <laughs> so that was like me double dipping there. So my son had almost an anterior crossbite. His teeth weren't quite growing in, but I was like, no, 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 no. My, I'm not having a class three child. That is a hell no. <laughs> I'm not doing it. <laughs> so we, we corrected that. I think he was six. He wore face masks like it was the Olympics. Um, but uh, crazy moms who are just like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, my kid's going to look pretty good and we're going to get in <laughs> this done and check that box and move on. Um, and then also like, we have a lot of kids now who are in either sports or activities or acting or dancing where they need to have a perfect smile when they are six or eight or 10 or along the way. And it's, it's not always just about function. It's, it is about aesthetic. So, you know, we, we try to take that with a grain of salt and use our wisdom to interject, you know, wisely and not burn them out of ortho treatment if they're going to need to have some later. Um, but there definitely is um, a market. It's a bigger market every year for, um, you know, children who, uh, children and young, young teenagers who uh, want early intervention and that, and the parents want it. Um, so sometimes you just have to be like, sure, mom, we got you. And, you know, then you just plan appropriately there. Yeah. And I think two points to that, what you mentioned, I think is correct that on the obviously like aesthetic side for, for those areas, but even just the confidence, the self-confidence I was uh, fortunate that I had, well, braces, so I wasn't fortunate for that, but I was fortunate that I was treated early. And so mm-hmm. I had treatment from 11 to 13. By grade okay. eight, I was out of my braces. My sister, Sweet. she had her braces starting in grade 11. And so it was like oh, grade 11, grade yeah. 12. And so the confidence aspect of things for growing patients, studies show again and again and again that your confidence is, is, is so important and a lot mm-hmm. of that has to do with the aesthetics of your smile. And whether we yeah. want to admit it or not, we are a society that judges people based on aesthetics. Yeah. And that starts early. And so there's yeah. even studies showing how teachers treat students differently based on their appearance. And one of those oh. areas is based on their teeth. And so if we know we're going to be doing treatment on them later on, my whole question to everybody is, why don't we go ahead and start treating earlier? When patients yeah. are super compliant, the biomechanics mm-hmm. are super easy. It's like they're the easiest cases in the world to do, to be honest with you here, biomechanically. Yeah. Yeah. And the patients are going to have more confidence. We have a long time to get the treatment plan done. We can do a lot of it, and we'll talk about this later, I'm sure. But we do a lot of it at nighttime. We don't have them wearing yeah. their trays all the time. We start off full time, but then move nighttime. And yeah. so like in every single way, it's it's beneficial. So giving those kids that confidence. And when you do it and you see it and you see like a shy, um, timid, like eight year old who doesn't like their smile. And then now they're nine or 10 or 11 and and that you fix their smile. And then you see them every year again and their confidence level, like they're completely different kids compared to that first shy, like embarrassed eight, nine year old. Now they're like super, super confident, 13, 14 year olds. Um, at the end of the day and, and you're like, wow, I played a significant impact in them gaining confidence because they hated their teeth before. Exactly. And, and I think it's a huge disservice. And, um, 
again, you know, being an ortho specialty, there's various reasons that we do sometimes delay patients. And sometimes it's just because of our systems and our workflow or, or whatever, or we already know two of their siblings are in treatment. So we think we're doing them a, the parent a favor <laughs> by holding them off a six or eight more months or two years or whatever the, the, totally. you know, the situation is. But that child, I can think of like one child in particular, and I'm talking like these were sharp teeth, big, gorgeous teeth. I can already see the future. She's going to have a gleaming smile at some point. But right now she literally has three rows of teeth so narrow like a bird sweet meek little thing um and it was kind of like oh yeah we'll reevaluate next year and my face was just like i don't think so <laughs> i don't think so and the mom <laughs> was not a pushy mom very uh, like different culture than me very quiet and like yes doctor i respect your opinion but i was like i don't think so and so i was like you know what just hold back here and I'm like, we cannot let this child go through another, even another year like this. I can't do it. Yeah. There's no way my heart could do it. And so we we started um, this child early and they were absolutely thrilled. And it's not even just with that. So definitely the bullying, the friends, like she she's just not going to have the same ex life experience as someone who has got a head start on her ortho. Um, but the cleaning, how, how is she cleaning yeah. these three rows of teeth? It's, it's insane. So she's more prone to decay and knocking her teeth um if she was active Mama. and was doing sports exactly um you know it's just she's like one piggyback ride away from an, an endo or whatever we see crazy stuff so we know <laughs> what's gonna great, happen to these i like kids. that we're gonna have to use that a piggyback ride away from an endo <laughs> and do you need to know anything else what's your down payment <laughs> I, I think the other thing is and like this is something we do at our practice like i'm the youngest of four we all okay. had ortho done and we had a lot of it done at the same time but I'm so glad and grateful to my parents for doing it. It wouldn't have been possible if the dentist or ortho wasn't willing to work and, and come up with a structure and a plan that worked for us. And so one of the things that I really try to do is I know a lot of doctors out there, they have kind of the standard where financially speaking, it's like, okay, well, there's going to be a two-year case on a growing patient, assuming you're doing growing patients. Right. Right. So you say, okay, well, this is, and say it's comprehensive. Um, not even talking mixed here, but talking just teen even. So, okay, we, we're going to go ahead and we're going to start treating kid one. And we need to get this paid off in two years. And it's going to be whatever, $7,000. Then we'll go ahead and treat kid two. And then we'll start his for two years at $7,000. Then we'll start kid three. And then we'll start kid four. And in part, that's kind of what happened to my sister. They worked with us, but also it was just kind of like, well, the payment structures had to be set up in that way. Yeah. What we'll do is let's say there's three kids. And they all need treatment rather than putting, um, let's say three plans over 18 months and then starting one, finish the one, then starting second, we'll say like, Hey, here's the situation. Like we trust you as parent patients. And, and these are longstanding right. patients, right? They're not, they're right. not about to like steal all their Invisalign cases and then get on a plane to Mexico and never be seen again. So right. we went ahead and we said, I don't want to wait. And make you have to pick and choose who's most important in terms of doing treatment. Who's your favorite child? Yeah, who's your favorite child? <laughs> who's the worst? And so <laughs> they're not getting any ortho. But then what I did is it's like, okay, well, let's go ahead and put all of your kids over a, a payment plan here that's going to be like four years or even five years. Like, I know right. you're not going anywhere. You're great patients. Yeah. I, I trust yeah. you. And we set them up on preauthorized deposits. And so instead yeah. of paying whatever it would be like 200 bucks a month, now it ends up being that they do have to pay more 
um, right. in total, right? But their payments still are only going to be the same amount. It's like 250 bucks over like five years or maybe 300, whatever it is. But all three kids get treated at the same time. They're not all finished necessarily, no. obviously, then like before their treatment plan finishes. If they're really young and they're mixed in tissue, then yeah, we might be five years treating them. Yeah. And again, mostly at nighttime. They're not wearing their trays daytime in our practice for five years, just to clarify. But right. they're wearing their trays starting off daytime, then nighttime, and then back to daytime if they need to. But mm -hmm. uh, I've had very, very few. Actually, I don't even know if I've had a single one where I did like no. three or four patients starting at the same time over many years where we've ever had yeah. an issue with them not paying us. Because if they ever did stop paying us, we would just take all their trays back and then none yeah. of the kids would be able to progress until yeah. they caught up on their payments. But usually right. the parents are just so, so, so grateful. So we're, yeah. we're, And no one knows what to do with these pieces of plastic, let alone, yeah. I mean, we're talking about comprehensive care. We're talking about elastics and hooks and, you know, advanced level stuff. We're treating to the level of an orthodontist. With like we're many not, sets this of clin checks yeah, too. This is not, this is not you know, crapodontics <laughs> that we clearly aligned are doing. <laughs> yeah. People need us. So they come back. Yeah. And again, even during COVID. So I will say COVID was a crazy time for people. Um, financially, people were laid off and whatever. Um, we just, we continued to deliver. I mean, to the best of our, of our ability, the office was closed, but we we gave people breaks. They, they didn't pay for the six or eight months. And we just continued as usual because that was a special circumstance. And we just trusted that once they get caught up and everyone's back to work, things will be, and they work. We did not have clients dropping off and we, we didn't chase people. Think, things are fine. Most like once in a while, you'll get a random person and sometimes they really did lose their job and their life has just gone to crap yeah. and you should feel sorry for them. And technically and I would just finish them. their, yeah, I would just yeah. finish their ortho anyways. <laughs> I'm a very but, bad business you know, person. If, <laughs> if, if you're good to them, they're good back yeah. to you. Like that's the thing is the other thing is parents will parents will make sure that they take care of their kids first and foremost. Like that is yeah. their priority. So yeah. I again have if there's ever patients who aren't paying, it's normally for their own treatment because they yeah. decided to buy a Camaro or something like that. Yeah. Right. But if it's their kids, mm -hmm. I have so few circumstances, unless they're like 17, 18 and they're just about out of the house and the parents are kind of just like they're on their own and I don't really care anymore and I'm done. They're kind of in that jaded mindset, but no parent yes. is not paying for their eight-year-old to get their teeth fixed. Like once they're no. committed to it, that's a priority on their priority list. So it's, again, it's, it's beautiful because, um, parents want it, patients want it. And in many cases, patients are compliant. Mm -hmm. You have lots of time. It's fun to do biomechanically. It's easy. Like I, again, mm -hmm. it's just like, it's the perfect storm. The one, the one case that we will look out for is just kids that are like super, super hyper and ADHD. If they're bouncing off the walls and they can't sit in the chair, then if, if they are super ADHD, then it might not be the right time to start. Yeah. And I will say, um, I think, um, uh, like it will be negligent for us not to mention, and we, we are surrounded by like some amazing, amazing practitioners are su who are super airway and very um, forward thinking in this whole space of kids who have learning disabilities, kids who have sleep issues. Totally. And so it's amazing when you offer this special service special, um, just meaning this age group, um, of early intervention, mixed dentition, it adds a whole nother, like 
level of service um, and growth to your practice. There's profits involved, um, but really you're also changing this child's life. So much like the kid who might be bullied and doesn't look very good, there are children whose behaviors are changing. Their whole life is changing because now you've opened things up and they're sleeping better. And that's a whole bunch of different topics that we could go down a very slippery slope. Um, but that alone is a life changing and, and parents, even parenting these children becomes completely different. Um, huge differences. It's amazing what the airway can can do. Totally. And just a plug, I have no financial incentive on this, but if, if you're wanting to go somewhere that has kind of more of the airway specifics with pediatric um, orthodontics, um, mm-hmm. check out ASAP Pathway. Oh, she's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're great. There's um, uh, just a awesome, awesome education into pediatric airway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tracy, um, she's amazing. I, I, I love her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> yeah, so that's Tracy, uh, Michelle, and then Stacy um, are, are just great. And they're going to okay. give a lot of, um, of other information uh, that, that we don't cover on the non-aligner side of things, uh, mm-hmm. especially for some of those younger patients, too, that are still in complete primary dentition. Yeah. And it's amazing um, when you're looking for, you know, which clients to treat. And, you know, we get so caught up when you're new to aligners, even with your adults, all you see are the people with the lower crowding that you don't know. You're, you're not even looking at class one canine. You don't know what you're looking for. It's just all blurry or whatever. Um, but once you take some of these courses um, like uh, ASAP or other airway or aligner courses like ours or whatever, once you know what you're looking for, you can't unsee it. It's just all of these patients start popping up and you're like, were they always here? Yes, they were. Yeah. <laughs> so um, instead of just even referring, like the cases you're referring to the local orthos, because, you know, that was me. Um, it's like 10% of the patients you should have been referring. I uh, just 10%. The ones that were like, oh, yeah, crap. The you're worst, up. Like, worst. You're, yeah, I think your teeth are biting on the wrong side. I'm not sure. But yeah, it's a worst case scenario where there's just so much more opportunity. And again, um, you know, previously being from ortho specialty, there, there, there's enough patients for all of us. So we don't need to like pull each other's hair out. There's, there's enough, I think, as long as you're very well educated in the group that you're treating. Um, so treat with care. Um, they, they do deserve special care. It's treating to ideal. You, you cannot be throwing these kids and teens through an engine of any sorts. Just you got, you got to know your diagnosis, treatment planning and treat them um, like you would treat your own children. Totally. Um, so you know, and we're happy to teach you that <laughs> or guide you or send you to a, who our mentors were, which we could probably touch on as well. Sure. Um, yeah. But yeah. And I, yeah. And, and I love that sort statement. Of. Richard Litt, um, who, who taught me a lot of growth and development from Force uh, International, that's his education group, um, more brackets and wires and whatnot, not necessarily the most airway focused because there's a lot of talk of premolar exos, which we don't really do. Mm-hmm. Um, but he always said, Treat adults realistically, treat growing patients idealistically. Yeah. And I think great. those words are so important. It doesn't always mm-hmm. ma- mean that you're going to get there because sometimes you have a non compliant patient whose hygiene is horrible and you have to stop treatment because they're just not on board. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the goal is always like, we're at the end of the day, you want to be setting them up to like ideal transverse, so the width of the arches, mm-hmm. ideal anterior posterior uh, mm-hmm. for overjet and ideal vertical. Those are like, you want to make sure that everything is set up ideal with these cases because as a growing patient, you can achieve it. Yeah. And it it would be inappropriate in my opinion to not do that 
Now, yeah. one clarification though, that is if you're treating the entire case comprehensively. In Kelly's right. example there of if you're just going ahead and fixing like an anterior crossbite or something and that's the initial goal, no, yeah. you don't need to necessarily do everything with that initial kind of like phase one no. case. No. You, you, then yeah. your goals are very limited to what you're doing, but it's just by the end of their orthodontic treatment at 13, 14 years old, whatever age that will be, that's the goal is that they should be in that ideal position. Yeah. And you might, you might start off in the shallow end where you're just helping them jump the crossbite. You're just creating room for the canines and maybe doing some other stuff. I mean, use your time wisely. Yeah. Like and, get, and then, get and then re for referring sure. to and then start refer. with. Yeah. Yeah. If you're like, Hey, I don't have a step. I don't feel phase. qualified. I'm afraid of elastics. <laughs> Watch the elastic podcast. But, but still, <laughs> if you are, and there are lots of doctors who fall into that category, they're like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not never going to bond to Curie. I'm not, I'm uh, that's just too much. They're just overwhelmed. A hundred percent just refer. And you really have set up the orthodontist for success by opening up those spaces. And also just for watching. I mean, there are um, children, um, uh, children, because we're talking about children who are missing a whole bunch of premolars, um, not like a whole bunch, like, you know, they're genetically, you know, <laughs> yeah. altered, but it, we, we are seeing a lot more missing teeth. It's evolution or something. Um, and so if you're planning for that, planning ahead, like, hey, it looks like we're going to need to um, bring in those second molars that ask like or premature loss first molars because of decay. You can you can start that process early to set them up for success so they don't end up being older teenagers where you're like, oh, shoot, I've got we have to plan for an implant. Not necessarily true. We, we need to be creative and start thinking ahead in the early stages, um, which is super fun. These are these are fun cases. We love them. Um, so I think that's fantastic. Um, so our goals are often in, so the early, let's say like the early, these little, the, the like the phase ones, the phase ones are, um, you want to be careful not to get caught in the weeds where we're, they're not adults. They're not many adults. You don't want to kind of get started. So we jump the crossbite and then you're like, okay, so we open some spaces for canines. That makes sense. I'm all, all on board for that. And they have their first molars in and maybe they're a little class two or class three or whatever. And so sure, nudge it back a little bit. No harm done. So far, no harm done. And you're all doing that it in the same set, that three or four month set that you're jumping the bike. So you're just moving things in the right direction because you know where you, what you're doing. But then sometimes it gets addictive because we're all perfectionists. <laughs> and it's a video exactly game. And you're just kind of like, well, maybe I'll do some elastics or, or one tooth came in rogue. One tooth came in a little less than ideal. And now you get caught up well, let's just scan them again and fix that one. Oh, well, there's that one. And they're popping up like popcorn and you're fixing them <laughs> to ideal. And, and sometimes you can also get into trouble tipping the teeth where like their roots aren't closed, right? They're like wide open laterals or wide open roots or whatever. So you want to be careful that you're not, you know, making them all stand up like little soldiers because the canines are coming in and mm -hmm. maybe the canines coming in on a slant. So there's so many different things to think about um, compared to adults where our teeth are all in there. They might be all mangled, but we can, we can tip roots. And <laughs> if, if you're just listening to this, you're Kelly, not getting all like of the, of Kelly's doing like an interpretive <laughs> dance right station. now. <laughs> Moving around a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you want to be careful not to get in the game of over treating because what happens is you're burning them out with a million sets and you're getting from your six to eight year old, nine-year-old early intervention and all of a sudden they're 10 and 11 and oh all of a sudden you're a teenager so now we can start class two correction and elastic <laughs> and they're, they're in four or five years of constant yeah. or 
yeah, that's too much. Sorry, I'll stop. And oh, you no, Kelly, this is great. Like, I, <laughs> I just want to take a moment to pause and just say, take a breath. <laughs> no, how much I love doing this podcast with you, first of all, because <laughs> the things that I don't hit that, that I'm like, oh, I should talk about this later or that I missed. As soon as you start explaining all of them, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Like, it's, it's like we have the same mind and we came from two <laughs> very different worlds, but yet the same philosophies and the same experiences and the same thing that for all of the listeners right there, right now who are listening, I really want you to take these things that, that Kelly's saying, cause they're so, so relevant. Um, so just to, to reiterate on a few of these things that she said, cause again, I want to give more in depth and give more meat to the, and the substance, um, as well on my side. So the goal of treatment of a phase one traditionally with brackets and wires was essentially align the anterior teeth, get them straight and get them out of trauma, fix crossbites with maybe like a rapid palatal expander or whatever you're doing, a little arch development. And, and that's about it. Like there's not a whole lot of main changes that you're doing. And the reason why is because you cannot bond brackets to every single primary tooth in the mouth. The difference with the aligners though, is that we can move all of the primary teeth. And just to clarify why you can't bond all the primary teeth is because the brackets fall off or the teeth fall out. The enamel is very poor for bonding to primary teeth. So for that mm -hmm. reason, usually you do a two by four. So the two molars and the four anterior teeth, and then you straighten it out a little bit and call it a day. And then you'd go yeah. ahead and put them in a holly or something like that. Now, the difference with the aligners is, is that, like Kelly said, you go ahead and you finish the first round of treatment. It's super easy to line up those anterior teeth to do some arch development, whatever. Now, all of a sudden, you start getting a first premolar erupting, and it's mm -hmm. rotated. So you get another batch of aligners. But by the time that you finish that, now the canines on the lower are coming in crooked. And like she said with popcorn, it's like, oh, I know, i got to fix that now, and i got to fix that, and i got to fix that. So this is a great point just to say that one of the most, I guess, frustrating things that can happen in mixed right. aligner orthodontics is, and don't make this mistake, so if, now that you know it, you can avoid it, is continuing to treat past what you said you were going to treat to. Right. So where is that finish line? Because the finish line is not perfection in this phase one example. You said we're right. going to widen the arch, we're going to line the anterior teeth, and we're going to make sure no teeth are in trauma and other teeth can come in properly. And yeah. then once you reach those goals, your phase one is done. And yeah. if the parents are like, well, these teeth are coming in and they're rotated, and I want to address that. Like, why aren't we fixing that? Well, th this, the answer is, is that this wasn't part of our initial objectives. That's why we did not charge the full amount of the case. Mm -hmm. One thing that we do a little bit differently is we charge um, about, what would we charge? We charge about $4,500 for our phase one, which is a lot more than some other providers would charge. But that's because we are setting so much up beyond what braces can do in terms of the arch development moving the primary teeth, starting to correct some of the anterior posterior if we choose to do that. And then that means that like our phase two treatment is like 4,000. Like it's very easy for patients to move into that phase two. So mm -hmm. if they aren't happy with some of the position of the new teeth coming in, then awesome, no problem. We'll go ahead and we'll continue and we'll set you up on your phase two and we keep going. Um, the other solution to that that we do is we don't really do a true phase one anymore. We yeah. just do one comprehensive phase where you're eight years old and you need orthodontic treatment. Well, we just go ahead and we start a five-year case, comprehensive yeah. teen case. And then we get them aligners and then we go ahead and we tell the parents, we're going to take them from start to finish all the way through. And that allows us to, uh, to continue treating at nighttime. Because the thing we kind of realized is, let's say a lower canine is coming in rotated. 
you really don't need to um, put an attachment on that tooth in order to rotate it back straight if it's just come in. It's so mm -hmm. easy. Almost every tooth in the mouth can be straightened just with nighttime aligners and maybe attachments on them, maybe not even. Mm -hmm. And so you go ahead and have something coming in crooked. It's like, okay, well, here's a new batch of trays. Just wear it at nighttime. We'll fix that problem. Mm -hmm. The one more yeah. thing I want to talk about, and then I'll also stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> but what's so good is paying attention to the lateral incisors. This is probably the only really like super critical thing that you can really screw up right now for those listening. Yeah. The gums and the tissues are very forgiving. The teeth movements are very forgiving. Mm -hmm. The one thing you don't want to do is the canines are coming in and they're hitting the root of the lateral incisor on the pen. So they're coming in like very mesially inclined canines. And then you just go ahead and you move those laterals and you move the roots from being mesially inclined to being upright. You're moving right. the roots of those lateral incisors, like Kelly said, into the erupting canine, and you could cause root resorption on your lateral incisors. Right. So in those circumstances, like she said, you don't want to necessarily line all the soldiers upright. It's one of the key crucial things. And again, if you selfless plug, choose to take our course, I'll give you like all the other areas of things to watch out for. But this one is, right. is important enough to highlight on the podcast of look at your lateral incisor roots and look at your erupting canines. Make mm -hmm. sure that they are not running into each other. And if you upright those lateral roots, that it's not going to be hitting the crown of the erupting canine. If the crown right. is past the root apex and it's kind of like halfway down, then the root is no, like you're not going to get that canine stuck. It's not going to hit right in the developing part of the root. So you're, you're, you're okay then. Yeah. Yeah. So, great, so it's great. not, it's, so it's not like when we're, there's going to be lots of um, roots that we're moving around that are open at the apex. And it's not the fact that we're moving them while they're open that we're risking resorption. I mean, we're doing things soft and our velocity is good. And, you know, totally. we got lots of things going on. But yeah, it's it's that lateral apex hitting the crown. Tooth on tooth, trouble. Yeah, yeah I like that. Just <laughs> yeah, tooth on tooth, trouble. Just because, you exactly. know, I'll get a whole bunch of calls being like, Kelly, should you move those roots? As I set up people's <laughs> totally. plans, I'll be like, we're good to go here. Yes. And that's the thing. I want you to think about what happens in the body naturally, right? Like as, let's say you have a thumb sucker or whatever, a tongue thrusting habit, whatever it is, orthodontic movement happens to teeth all the time without orthodontic appliances. It's just called like the eruptive forces and, and, and musculature. And so we know that teeth experience forces on them and it doesn't cause root resorption. So... Right. Doing orthodontics on a developing tooth with an open apex does not lead to increased root resorption or anything like that compared to other circumstances. Um, so to me, that's not something that I'm super worried about. Other than, one little caveat again, if you move a root a significant distance and the root apex is still open, be prepared that you could end up getting like a dilaceration or, or a, a hook, so to speak. So let's say okay. you were moving a lower premolar before the root was completely finished developing or something like that into an extraction space. And the root isn't finished. Well, you could look at that later and see that there's a bit of a hook on that because the tooth moved like the crown moved and, and the um, kind of occlusal aspect of the root all moved. But the apex of the root where development was occurring, that portion maybe didn't fully finish moving. And so that's why there's a bit of a dilaceration that you can see. Now, again, is that a reason to not do treatment in some cases? Like, no, no. probably not. Normally, we're not moving the teeth a significant distance. But it's just yeah. something to keep in mind to, like, know that as you're moving 
a, a tooth a really long distance. Keep an eye on the roots. That's all. Um, I wanted to um, mention, um, because I, I, I think the same, like I like in the new patient exam or the treatment, I like for children that we start early to have that one comprehensive fee. I think it's just an easier conversation. Like, hey, I got you. We got your ortho needs here. We can do it all. And I mean, you have time to learn it too. I mean, let's be honest, these people are growing. So we're getting in, we're getting yeah, out, we're having a resting time. period. Yeah, you've got some time. Um, and so it's that one comprehensive fee. And and again, the more you learn and the better you set up that initial case, what sometimes happens, we're finding as we all become amazing at our jobs, is that phase two almost becomes optional. You might have a little bit of residual space. You might have a little bit of a rotated or a tipped in um, premolar. Only you know it because you're taking a scan on them at the recalls. Um, but mom and child or teenager, tweenager now are like, no, I'm good. Uh, I'm good. I don't need phase two. So if you've only locked them into phase one and maybe you've charged them 25, 35, 4,500, whatever the amount is, thinking you're going to get the phase two or they need the phase two, oftentimes we've set them up so well that the phase two, again, is optional and they're good enough to go. And 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 that's okay. Um, but just know if you, if you do lock them in for that full thing, it's funny how many parents and kids are like, yeah, yeah, we want that phase two that we paid for. <laughs> and oh, that's yeah. okay as well because it's quick and easy. It might be a quick six months, or it might be something super easy to do those last little space closures, tiny rotations and nighttime elastics, just to get that last little AP that you have already set them up for success. So it, it's a win in any direction anyways. But um, again, if you're going to be, if you want to finish them up to the complete finish, I think it just makes sense to lock them in and get um, your financial commitment up front and spreading the payments. All of these things are amazing client experiences, um, less conversations, about finances yeah. is always a good thing. Um, so yeah, and and you're they're just part of your club, and you've also locked them in that you are their face too, not so and so down the street or um, you know whether it's an ortho or a GP, it doesn't really matter. People are shoppers, um, so you can just lock yeah. them in. And just to give more kind of color commentary to what Kelly's saying, um, if anybody's confused right now, the the phase one like traditionally again phase one you start them off whatever it is like eight nine ten eleven. You, you do your limited treatment and then you put them into retention and then you come back for your phase two. Well, what we're kind of using in terms of the terms here is not a phase two in the sense necessarily of like, depending on how we're talking about it, that it's a new financial commitment. It, it's more so the phase two of actual treatment. So let's just right. take this back a step and say what was happening in our office. And I think what Kelly noticed as well, cause she was saying that is you set them up really well in the first phase, but then uh, there's issues still, right? There's still some spaces between teeth, let's say from the leeway space, or they're mm -hmm. still a little bit class two and they need some class two elastics. And, and again, talking a true phase one with Invisalign here. So no, like you finish them at nine, now they're back at 11 or 12 or whatever. So the problem is, is that some of these parents and patients are like, yeah, you know, I'm good. And you're looking at this being like, oh man, like, no, you're, you're not like, you still have spaces. You still have an overjet. You still have all these different things. Like I didn't achieve the ideal finish. Um, mm -hmm. And these, these issues are still going to potentially be there. And, and yes, it's much, much better, but like they, you've done such a good job. They don't see the value in what you're going to finish to make sure that it's like perfect. And, and so then you have the second phase two consult, you present the financials again and they're like, eh, three grand, four grand, five grand, whatever. Like, nah, I'm good. And then, and then you look at it and you're like, man, did I do a service? Maybe I should have waited because then they would have got finished to 
like class one molar canine, perfect overjet overbite. Like if we'd waited till they were older, they would have been smashing their teeth down with their deep bite or that tooth might've got impacted. And so that's not ideal. But like, so we kind of realized that the best of both worlds then is you you do one financial presentation. You do it at the very beginning. You do it for the whole conference of treatment. And we even put their payment over like four years. And then like Kelly was mentioning, you go ahead, you treat them for that initial first phase, which we tell them is six to 12 months full-time wear. Once you've got those initial problems fixed, they go into nighttime wear in trays. They still wear their Invisalign trays and you get them a new set and all you're doing is moving at nighttime. What we do is we take off the attachments from their anterior teeth. So they're um, essentially their upper incisors, but we leave lots of attachments on in the posterior. And then we go ahead and we see them uh, every year. We, We see them once a year. It's just, you come in for your appointment, you get your new scan, your new photos, you get a new set of trays. And we see them a year later and a year later and a year later. And so by the time that they're kind of like, let's say they started at eight, let's say nine. So they did treatment from nine to nine and a half. Then they're going to be seen again at 10 and a half, 11 and a half, 12 and a half. That's three appointments. Then they'd be ready at 12 and a half for what, what would normally be their second phase. But they've already paid for it. They've already done everything with it. Like they're already committed to it. They're not going to another practitioner because you've been seeing them once a year and getting them new trays. Right, And then all you do is you go ahead and you're like, okay, let's jump back into some daytime wear just to tweak whatever it is. You need a bit of elastic wear. You need a little rotation here or there. And what is so cool, like in our practice, what's so, so cool, all these cases that we've told them we're going to have to the second phase of active treatment of daytime aligners. Right. We're not doing it. We don't have to do it because yeah. we've realized that like, oh, a lower canine comes in rotated. Oh, we'll just tweak it at night for a year. With their nighttime yeah, trays. Going well. yeah. yeah, we give them 26 liners because that's um, 52 weeks divided by two is 26. So we see them in 26 active aligners. See them in a year again. Oh, the other canine came and rotated now. Okay, tweak it. Oh, we got some spaces between our lower premolars. Oh, give them another year's worth of trays. See them in a year again. By the time, and then they're like, oh, we need to fix the anterior posterior. Well, why don't we go ahead and put them in the mandibular advancement winged trays? And we just do it at nighttime mm-hmm. for three years. Yeah. And then we find out, yeah. hey, we fixed their overjet. Okay, now we don't need to go back into daytime wear with the MAF or with elastics. Right. Or maybe we can't do MAF. So we go ahead and we run really light nighttime elastics to fix their anterior posterior. Yeah. And, and again, to what Kelly said, and, and then I'll, I'll pass it back to her because I'm hogging all the airtime. But um, <laughs> the, the situations where you've got these class two cases, like you're, you're getting the class two fixed. Yeah. progressively at nighttime and using that growth. And then you yeah. don't need to even go back into like a, a second phase in many, many cases. So yeah. it, it's just, it's so, it's, so it's, yeah. slick. It's just like that young, that young bone, um, it's soft and it's malleable and kids, if, if you're like, so we just would call them like pajamas for their teeth or screen time. I mean, they're on their phones or they're playing games or they're watching TV. So if you add up that home time, like not active yeah. time, not when you're out doing your activities, but yeah. screen time or sleep time, especially if you're trying to get some elastic wear in there and trying to get some extra hours. Um, otherwise we do the same thing, pajamas for their teeth. We, we did a little like bit that. different. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the phase between phase one and phase two, sometimes we would order, um, aligners like kind of active passive aligners whatever pajamas for your teeth we would just order um one per month because it had very very little movement and again there's they're pretty clean yeah, because that works too they're just brushing and popping them in 
Um, and we did debond all their attachments. Um, just again, because there was very little movement, they were kind of just done. Or we would use a thorough um, retainer, which I'm sure you'll go through in your, well, you do go through in your mixed dentition course and we'll be doing live or a Holly old fashioned, old school. I usually, I'm usually <laughs> like, and we're going to give you an old school attachment. And I would give them an old school bag of candy. Like that was our parting gift. Cause with oh, the yeah. liners, you can eat your candy, like whatever you can eat your candy when you're wearing uh, liners instead of brackets and wires. Um, and so we would have like the big league chew and all this stuff. So to go with their parting <laughs> gift of old school pop rocks and whatever came with their old school retainer. Cause some of my orthos just love those. And I do, I do love them too. It holds the width of the yeah. arch. And all the teeth can come in like popcorn and you can add nothing's little in the, Nothing's in the way with a holly. Yeah. So, so that's okay. I I'm pro holly and throw for sure. Um, but it is nice when you kind of got them locked into a five-year plan. Five-year makes sense for these growing smiles because you want to have that flexibility and not have to purchase another case. Um, but that if you need to intervene, if there's a reason to order really active aligners or have them, um, yeah, the wings perfect example is the wings or you know what let's get some buttons back on because they're trending class two or class three we can see the growth is going in this direction or that direction uh use your nighttime to your advantage and again these kids are so cooperative i mean we're talking it doesn't really even matter if they're seven or nine or 11 if you can get any anyone under the age of 13 <laughs> um they do a pretty darn good job at 13 the boys tend to get a little messy um, See, and, and I the find girls, the girls too at their team, like they get sassy. I try to debond all girls by grade eight grad, um, just as a courtesy. And also because we are more mature, so we grow faster. <laughs> so we have the luxury of getting them in and out. Boys, sometimes they're yeah, small. Sometimes still. you they're still like need growth. And yeah, totally. But, um, but we do like to do that. And these kids, I mean, even if they want colors, there are kids who, you know, they, they do want brackets and they want to be colorful. Um, we have... Yeah. Tell, tell us, tell us what you do, Kelly. I'm a parent. Yeah, my kid's so, like, I want colors. Yeah. So we try to bring the colors, um, from all angles. So colorful cases, we let them pick. You can get those stickers, the little stickers. Um, they come with your, if you order the Invisalign first package, they come with it, but you don't need to order the Invisalign first package because then that's a package you have to add another, you have to pay for another <laughs> package later and whatever. I'm very frugal. So trying to do my orthos a favor there. Um, so I, I would order a comprehensive thing, but I would still order the stickers on the app. And so they from, have, they're like, just to clarify, things. um, from, yeah. from a line, right? Yes. From okay. a line. Yeah. So on, on the little stick, stickables, man, I think is the yeah, name for stickables. them. Yeah, they're so adorable. They only last like barely the week that they're wearing them, which is fine because they like to change them up. But like it's little cherries or avocados or whatever your favorite sports team is, like they're just next level. And then um, we do have the Twinkie Star Colorful Composite Bond. Um, and again, you have to, the kids have to commit to this and the parents have to commit to this because we are not changing this. Yeah. Um, we're not changing attachments. And in this case, it works perfectly with, with, um, mixed dentition because they have short crown height. And so their aligners tend to be flappy if you don't have the, enough anchorage and retention. So having a lot of attachments makes sense when you have colorful bonding material on their teeth because often they wanna alternate blue, pink, blue, pink, blue, pink. So if you have only put three or six attachments on them, that doesn't work with the aesthetic nature <laughs> of the composite. So more is more, which works for me because I love attachments. and. <laughs> Again, small little teeth. 
um, need attachments for in a lot of cases. And so I'm super happy to slap those on and they love it. So in Twinkie Star, it comes like a pack of 12, like there's gold, there's silver, there's purple, there's yellow, um, super fun stuff. Um, so kids love that, but you know, the colorful retainer cases, and, and just to clarify for those who are listening right now, who that might've slipped past, this is for the, the composite attachments essentially. Yes. So Twinkie Star is the company. They have colored composite, usually meant more for restorative as the initial intention, but you can put that on and then they've got colors right on their front teeth, just like braces would have colors. Um, And then like Kelly was saying, if you just want to be mindful that don't change that every single time that they're like, I want new colors. It's like, no, you get to pick colors, but you're picking them for the entire treatment. Or if you're using optimized attachments until you at some point, if you needed to change them for new optimized, then they might get to change their colors. Exactly. But, and if you're really crafty, I did this with my daughter because <laughs> Invisalign first had just come out. So I was like super overzealous. Um, but you can actually pre-scan um, paint on a heart or a diamond. Or I did a sun and a heart on her tooth and I scanned over it. So I did the oh, Twinkie cool. Star, the yellow sun, the heart. And scanned then you over it so, by hand. Yeah, those were heart. her retentive. Um, you know, obviously <laughs> they were retentive. I wasn't tipping the tooth, but and I'm not. Like, That's the so best cool. Artist. But it, but it was it was fun and it worked or whatever. For, and for I for anybody am. at a line listening right now, that is an idea right there. Attachments <laughs> so, like you could have like a smiley face attachment. And yeah, like, and you just put cool. them on. Yeah. Imagine bonding those like preset. You take them off a tray because I'm not the best artist. Like I did my best <laughs> job, but if I could just have like peeled that off and bonded it on and yeah, then stand over or my initial or a little diamond whatever. Um, but yeah, super fun. But you know what you give them the accessories, like their start kit, you make sure it's super colorful. Everything that goes with their Invisalign or aligner treatment becomes colorful, even if it's not inside their mouth and that it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, And here's some, here's some little things that are hacks that I've heard of. I haven't done this with a patient, but one of my patients who is actually the daughter of one of our staff, she is a bit older. So she's like 15, but she would actually take like a little, um, like, fake diamond, whatever that she might have like on her nail or something like that. And she would actually use, and again, I'm not saying do this or don't do this. This is just what she has been doing, but she was actually then using a little bit of like, um, adhesive. I want to say, what was it for? Was it for like bonding onto your nails or or eyelashes? I I think it's nail glue, which again, I don't know the toxicity of nail glue, but she was bonding that to her aligner. So every week oh, she'd have cute. a little diamond on her canine and, and that made it really exciting for her. Now yeah, I, I would, I tried, uh, I tried those yeah. nail, like nail art, like they're little, they're almost like nail tattoos. Yeah. Nail stickers. Um, yeah. And then I also tried and credit to on, a line on your, on the non staining or on, oh, no, no, oh, for, okay. for Lola, for, for Lola. Lola. Gotcha. But, um, Did they stick? Uh, yeah, they will. Again, I didn't know toxicity. Like yeah. I'm sure you can get food grade. Like you'd have to look cause people do bite their nails. You gotta be I, careful. I, that's and, what, that's what I think with the nails is that they would probably have to be okay for yeah. ingestion because people bite their nails all the time, especially yeah. kids, because we actually, that was the second part, sorry to cut you off, but we, we also did that too, that we ordered a whole bunch of, um, nail stickers. Yeah, because they're exactly. way cheaper and there's way yeah. more variety. Like you can find on Amazon, like you can get a page yeah. of like thousands and thousands of stickers for like 10 bucks. Yeah. And then you could just go ahead and give them like a whole sheet. So it's like, oh, you're a, like a Steelers fan. Here's like yeah. stickables with the Steelers and, and there's tons of them. Um, and not stickables, I should say. These are just from like Amazon.ca for right. like nails. Um, yeah. But way, way, way cheaper. 
but I, I, I'm again not advocating saying that you yeah. should be. Um, you have to you just look at the these. fine print and what country they're coming from. Uh, yeah, be cognizant of. Uh, yeah. yeah, we don't want to be doing anything dangerous. So, but sorry. I was gonna say. Um, so you know, we all want non-staining aligners um, because you know energy drinks and curry and turmeric and yellow mustard and that's a problem, right? So our uh, aligners solve that problem because you know pretty much they're non-staining aligners, um, but. <laughs> Kelly was purposely trying to stain Lola's aligners in the color of the rainbow. So I had all <laughs> little dishes. I opened up all her packages and I had obviously food grade dye, like concentrated in every color of the rainbow, except yellow, because yellow is not cool. Yeah. And so I legit let those soak there for days. I could not make a dent in these aligners. Oh. It made zero sense to me. The only thing that would stick would be yellow. Right. Why? I don't know why. So it was unfortunate because I thought every week yeah, she could have a new I was like, actually so excited. I was like, this is amazing if it I worked. I know. I mean, maybe I should give it another try. But I, they were sitting on the mm. counter for days and it was concentrated. It's not like it was yeah. in a cup of Kool-Aid. It, right. it was crazy to me that they didn't stain. So credit to Align. Because yeah, <laughs> I was like, wow, <laughs> can't make a dent in these suckers. Instead, um, Kelly's whipping out a colored Sharpies and she's like, <laughs> Whatever Lola wants, but finally, Lola gets. Finally, like that didn't even work. So then Kelly just went straight on Lola's teeth with Sharpie. <laughs> yeah, seriously. No, I did. I did record actually for bonding and for explaining um, to mixed dentition kids. I did. I did document Lola's journey in Visalign first with Lola. I think it's called on YouTube. Oh, cool. And you can see all the colorful stuff and me explaining the tray to like a child and explaining the bumps and at one point she has wiggly teeth and you see me take her aligners out. <laughs> I can tell her face is like, <laughs> I'm like, suck it up, <laughs> suck it up for the video, Lola. You can do it, but, Lola. Um, you can do it. It gives yeah, good incentive for the kids that are also not great wigglers that yeah. when you start wiggling, um, like the aligners themselves cause the teeth to fall out earlier and sooner. Yes. Uh, one, one thing just on that point, we'll take a bit of a tangent here. When you're seeing kids clinically, and you've got teeth that are like flapping and holding on. I like to always yeah. say blowing in the wind. One of the things that you can do is just help those teeth along, whether that's mm -hmm. as like a parent, then it's like, okay, well, the tooth is kind of getting stuck in the tray a bit here. And it, it kind of like motivates them to get some of these wiggly teeth out that aren't out yet. But the second thing is, is that when they're chair side, I will very frequently, and I learned this from Regina Blevins in, in Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, she, she would be called by her staff, the tooth whisperer. Mm -hmm. So I would do the same thing that I would take a sickle scaler, like a, mm -hmm. a sure scaler for ortho. And, and that's kind of like the explorer equivalent for ortho right. is like a sickle scaler on the one side with a band pusher on the other side. Yeah. It's kind of like your, your explorer. And so you can just use that to like hook underneath. So if that tooth's kind of hanging on, you just go up with the sickle scaler um, underneath the gums, kind of almost like you're going in like you're trying to probe slightly, but then as soon as you get, so you can hook that sickle underneath into like the, um, like the pulp chamber of the crown because there's been so much resorption, then you just go ahead and you just grab that and you just quick pull it. And, yeah. and you can really like, if you can, if you have a wiggly enough tooth that you can get into that pulp chamber, um, 
kind of with that that method. I hope it makes sense, right? All you're doing is you're just yeah, kind of yeah, just knees. yeah. And I would do the same thing. I mean, I would wait for the doctor technically. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, you know, if if I if I thought the kid was like a wimp or I knew that they were a wimp, I would just like add some topical and tell them I'm doing. I just make up all kinds of stories about what this flavor <laughs> is, um, because they, they know they're not at the real dentist. Um, and I would just write on the trade cover like seven five, get it out or whatever, and you know th- they would yeah, just pop just, it out. You're flicking teeth. It's very impressive. Yeah. Parents, I'm sure they looked at, yeah. at, at your orthos the same of way. Instead of babying it like, for weeks. Yeah. And you know what another great trick trick is? Um, and so I tend to do this with colorful elastics. And I've never had a problem, um, but I do chart it in the chart. So if you have a tooth, it's not ready to be flicked out. It would be a bit dramatic if I did that. And, yeah. and again, I am a hygienist. And um, sometimes and my maybe the doctor not, doesn't yeah, want to. Or... Yeah. And, and yeah, they might not want to or they're not around. I don't have time to wait for them. So what I do is I take a colorful elastic, just your regular quarter inch. I don't even think about what kind it is, but I do it colorful and I wrap it around the wiggly tooth. So it might be a little bit uh, like it's come away on one side. It's not flapping, but it's come away. So I wrap it around and I just tuck it under. The kid doesn't doesn't even know I'm near their gum. So it's nothing impressive that I'm doing. But what happens is it's just like pulling a waist, like a string on a bag. It just kind of sinks around the curvature of the tooth and it, it wiggles its way under the tooth. The tooth is out always within a week. And I tell them if for any reason it's not out or you get irritated, you know, it's there, it's green, it's pink, it's orange, it's a color. So it's not going to get embedded in the gum and because it become a problem, yeah, the erupting but tooth it's amazing. Wow. Yeah. So in the original scan, this is a new patient you're scanning and you're like, I want that one out. And it, you, you can see, you, you know, you want it out. It's going to be a hassle. I put the elastic on. I chart it that it's there just in case. And just to clarify, how week. tight do you get this elastic? No, you're quarter inch, four, like four ounce. It's yeah. just like, it's not like your bootstrap elastic. But do you, it's do you just like your... twist it to make it no? like it's, it's just, you literally just grab the elastic. You just pull it over top of like the curvature of the tooth. And I it... put it right at the gum line, like the CJ. Oh. And again, I'm not tucking it in like a fitted sheet or anything. I'm I, if, if one part of the tooth is anywhere away from the gum. Yes, I do try to get it under the under a little bit. And it naturally just contracts. Wow. And it's enough. And just you a don't quarter, have to, one, no overkill. one quarter for us. Just your regular everyday elastic. Yeah. And wow. uh, it's amazing. And no one has ever complained. No mother, crazy yeah. mothers or whatever kids have ever been and like, you, oh, you tell the parents too, obviously, that there's an elastic yes, around yeah. that tooth. Does, is yeah, there any yeah. discomfort right when you put it on? Just curious. Nope, none. Zero zero and the great thing is that that way i tell the text obviously um please plan to like virtually remove the seven five and that way it's gone and then i have either i either i just leave the seven five space there like as if it's there or i plan for an oversized ponte because i don't know where that premolar is coming in so it's kind of like bowling you keep the bumpers up so as long as it comes in to the left, to the right, and, you know, mesial and distal, yeah. we got under control. As long as the buccal lingual is controlled at just an oversized pontic, as long as it comes in there, um, we're good to go because it, usually it's phase one or whatever. Um, and I'm not too concerned about the rotations and stuff of those teeth. But that is a good trick and That's no amazing. drama. I've never yeah. heard that one. That is an awesome yeah. pearl. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And I think, too, like just with these primary teeth, um, again, don't be afraid to push them around. Um, don't be afraid if you're expanding to expand the primaries, even if they're not supposed to lose them for two and a half years. It's OK. Oh, you're yeah. pushing them. You're you're developing the arch, creating osteoblasts, osteoclasts. Use them as anchors. Bond to them. 100 percent bond to them. Sometimes it's harder to bond to primary teeth. So. 
I don't technically do anything special, but I know in our practice, um, our ortho practice, our go-to thing is we tend to do the blue etch, but then we also do the the three-in-one lollipop. We, we double etch teeth. And I know there's lots of orthodontists who lecture at the AAO and they do the same thing because I can't remember why there's like, it's just a different anatomy or whatever. And so mm-hmm. it's like two layers of etch. It's a different etching process. And so by double etching like that, they feel like they get a better bond, but I just do blue etch and I seem to be just fine. Um, and, but yeah, push those teeth around. And in fact, if they come out early, like Lola, I started at eight, she didn't really need treatment, but she got it. And her, her teeth were gone by nine <laughs> and a half, 10. She was done phase one and phase two by 10 and a half. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's like pretty done. interesting seeing how, how efficiently things yeah. progress. Like, yes. and I'd rather have teeth out in most cases, like a little bit earlier in some ways than later, because then you can focus on the class two if you've lost those primary teeth, then the problem is sometimes with trying to finish that, that like anterior posterior is if they're kind of in that mixed dentition phase where they still have their mixed, their like wiggly loose teeth on their lower premolars and you want Mm. to start using something like the mandibular advancement feature, or you're trying to like use elastics from tray to tray and it's pulling everything off. And so when you're in that sweet spot for getting the best anterior posterior correction, kind of at like, 12, 13, maybe even 14 and a late, late, late growing boy, 15. Like if they still have primary teeth kicking around, you want to get that class two fixed as, as soon as possible. So moving the teeth and having the primaries followed a little bit earlier to me is certainly not a, a, a bad thing by any stretch. Okay. Perfect. Um, Um, I'm just looking at um, kind of the schedule and the time here. I know we have a lot more to cover and and I don't want to short change um, the, the content here. I'm thinking what we should do is I want to jump in a lot more on like the clinical and, and the, and the pearls okay. and stuff like that. But I think that we should save that for our part two of mixed dentition. Okay. Perfect. So Sounds good. that'll be uh, here's kind of like your, your initial teaser. And then, yeah, we'll be jumping in a lot more clinically and, um, and a lot more pearls in our part two for you guys. Sweet. That's awesome. That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> it always goes so fast. <laughs> I know. Right. <laughs> We could just talk for hours. We should just have like, um, I think it's uh, uh, Zach Galifinkas. Is that his name? Uh, I can never say that right. Between Two Ferns is is his talk show. And and, and just like, um, oh, we could just, we could just sit it's... and chat for hours. We should have like fireside <laughs> chats with, with Stephen and Kelly at courses that... There's it's only just... a select kind of people who would be around us. <laughs> yeah, there'd be a lot of people who are like, I am Our out. spouses would be in the other room. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but actually in Portland, when we just ran that course, we ran yes. a round table session. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and Kelly was involved there too, doing ClinCheck reviews for doctors. And a lot of doctors came up at the end and said the round table session where it was just literally us chatting yeah. anything and everything uh, with, with Terry Coddington as well, that those were, were some of the most valuable sessions because it was just like an ask me anything. Yes. And, and yeah. just the, yeah, the, the info that we have. So that's, a, again, another, I guess, advantage of doing cl- um, courses live and in person is uh, the, the, the value is we do try to be very available in the breaks and in the evenings and different like um, uh, kind of mixer events that we, we want doctors to come out and really be able to ask lots of questions. But that being said, all of these courses, so like mixed dentition is also available online. So if you're right. a doctor and you're like, I live in Texas, I cannot make it to Toronto in November, 
then no problem. You can take mm -hmm. the course online, and as we continue running the course in a location closer to you, you receive um, a significant discount if you've taken it mm -hmm. online to then be able to come in person. Yeah, and I find, I mean, because obviously I've taken a lot of them, all, all of them online <laughs> and then in person multiple times, um, each time is completely different because that the the engagement um, with the audience is amazing. There's different questions asked. There's always different cases. It's new material anyways. Um, and you also learn from each other. So people have great ideas of systems they use or like in this instance, like mixed dentition, like growth and development. Like how do you, um, how do you track these growth and development kits? Like wh what are you guys using? How are you keeping them engaged or, you know, noticing when you should scan them again or order that next set, like these little tiny things that make or break the practice. Um, so it's amazing. And you oftentimes this is over dinner that we're this, that these conversations are coming up over dinner and you're like, Oh crap, I'm going to write that down right now in my phone because that like, that's my pearl. I, I yeah. kind of knew the other stuff because I took the online course first. And so that was a nice refresher, but some of these little things that you're learning from each other or things that we just don't have time to bring up live. Um, that's the magic. So super exciting. Totally. Awesome. Well, thanks for another great session, awesome. Kelly. And we'll, okay. we'll see you in part two. Okay. Sounds good. Ciao. Bye.